Hello again, everyone, and welcome to it. It is the Derek Hunter Podcast for the 11th of May, 2023. Happy Thursday. It's May, right? Yeah, 2023. April showers bring May flowers. I'm Derek Hunter. This is the Derek Hunter Show. Welcome to it. Action-packed. I, You know, I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, maybe I should just hold off until after the Trump town hall before recording, right? It's 7 o'clock now. It starts in an hour and what if you miss something? I thought, well, you know, I, I just, I couldn't wait. I want to watch it. And then I wouldn't get done till, I don't know, there's a chance I'd miss the window, depending on how long it goes, analysis and everything. So I decided unless there's something massive, I am going to talk about the Trump town hall tomorrow. I think something really super massive. Then we'll talk about the Trump town hall on CNN. I am curious. I'm wondering who broached the sub, who approached who, you know, did Trump, was Trump attacked or attacked? Well, that remains to be seen. Freudian slip there. Was Trump contacted by CNN's offering this town hall or because he just hasn't been happy with the coverage he's been getting on Fox did the Trump team reach out to CNN and offer this to them? I know that MSNBC is pissed. It's so messed up. Like, we'll, we'll see what comes of this thing. But it's so messed up that MSNBC is spending all day complaining about CNN giving Trump a platform to spread his hate. Oh, and he was so mean to journalists. And what, you know, so mean to journalists. And what they mean by that is he was critical. He was vocal in his criticism of so-called journalists. Oh, my God, Pearl's clutched. How dare anybody say such a thing? Meanwhile, the current occupant of the White House, whom everybody at MSNBC lines up to grovel in front of and slobber all over, has done what? He's done incredibly, yeah, Donald Trump said mean things. Joe Biden says nothing to them. Joe Biden ignores them. Joe Biden mocks them. Joe Biden is a joke to them. Joe Biden makes them look bad. All Joe Biden has to do is, I don't know, sit down every once in a while, take a couple of questions from these people who are not going to ask him difficult questions, and then they would be happy. Then they would, they would just, cont- I mean, we've seen when he does take questions, the questions are a damn joke. I'm embarrassed for these people because they're incapable of embarrassment themselves. And still, he runs away. And still, he you know, he took a couple of questions, like four questions, I think, the other day. That'll be it. That'll carry him through at least the 4th of July, maybe on his way to uh, Rehoboth for the week of 4th of July. He'll stop and take a couple of questions on the way to the helicopter, but that'll be it. Otherwise, he just sits there and laughs as his staff yells at reporters to get the hell out of the room. You would think adults, professional adults, at least, you know, maybe not in the way they conduct themselves, but theoretically, they're paid, they're therefore professionals. You would think they would be uh, embarrassed. Obviously, we've already covered they can't do that. But you think they'd be a little pissed off at being 
taken such advantage of, being mocked so openly, being made to look as bad as, quite frankly, they are, but they are not. They are not. They win awards. They still win major awards for being so wonderful. Oh, the, the, you know that the Washington Post this year, just this week, as a matter of fact, I believe it was, won a Pulitzer Prize for their George Floyd coverage. Now, I'll let that sink. George Floyd died, was killed in 2000, I think it was. I think it was 2000. And they're still giving out Pulitzer Prizes to so-called journalists for their George Floyd coverage. Not because of what they did back in 2000, but because they'll never let it go. They're still, they, it tells you something that they're winning Pulitzer Prizes for George Floyd stories that they don't have anything to take its place since then. That, not the, the, the awards, but the coverage there is, of course, every day there are murders in this country. Every day people are killed, particularly people of color, since Democrats claim to care the most about them. Thank God. You know, there's nothing more, uh, more life-threatening than being a member of a group that Democrats openly profess to care more about than anybody else. Because <laughs> they don't. What they really mean is that, well, they care about them more than anybody else under certain circumstances, very, very specific, very small circumstances. Otherwise, to hell with them. You know, like Chicago, Baltimore, New York, St. Louis, Detroit, you, you name it. We've been down the list a thousand times. So, yeah, I, I find it interesting that these people are still giving out awards for something that happened three years ago. Meanwhile, there are, I hate to break news, and if you're a journalist listening to this, grab a hold of something. There are things that are happening now that are worthy of coverage, that if you just played a quick round of reverse the party, or if you prefer, what if Trump had done it, that would absolutely positively, not, well, they would win awards, but they would also cause stampedes. There would be a non-stop conga line of leftist reporters going, we need to get to the bottom of this. We at the Washington Post must beat the New York Times to this story before we get beat by the Wall Street Journal, before they get beat by USA Today. We don't want to be last. We definitely need to be first. We have to get to the bottom of this story. Meanwhile, you've got and what I'm talking about is you've got the, the Biden family corruption. The, the House Republicans laid out a compelling case of corruption for the Biden family. Now, I'm just saying I, it's true. And you can say, well... It doesn't really matter. It's just accusations. And you're right. It's accusations. It's innocent until proven guilty. I, unlike the left, do not convict people before they are uh, found guilty by a jury. The, pres the presumption of innocence is very important in this country, in our jurisprudence. 
Democrats don't afford that to anybody because they just don't. The, most of their allegations don't hold up. So the, if you just wait for the conviction, you wouldn't be able to accuse people of being corrupt and evil and blah, blah, blah. Totalitarians. Here's a, here's a good rule of thumb. If people are constantly taking to the streets screaming that somebody is a totalitarian dictator or on the cusp of it, and they're not in prison, if they're taking to the streets regularly, they're probably full of it because uh, real totalitarians like Democrats would never tolerate that, to be honest with you. But yes, yesterday the House Republicans held a press conference where they laid out a pretty damn compelling case with the evidence they've gathered so far. It's not complete, and the, the president has yet to... And, well, there was a response from the White House. I'll get to it in a second. But he hasn't refuted the uh, allegations. He hasn't been convicted of them either. But I found it very interesting that before or actually during the press conference where the case against Joe Biden was being laid out, George Santos, Republican from New York, was being arrested for money laundering and uh, other corruptions, whatever it is. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. These allegations against George Santos are relatively new. He was only elected to Congress in uh, November and only seated in January. Yet they've managed to comb through all of these things and found fraud and money laundering charges to go after George Santos. And to that I say, if the guy's guilty, the guy's guilty. Get him. If he's not guilty, then I hope you lose in court. Whatever it is, I hope justice is done. But I would like to point out the hypocrisy of a federal government that has had Hunter Biden's laptop for a year before the public ever found out about it. And rather than investigating the obvious sketchy and corrupt business endeavors laid out in plain English in one of the principal's own words, not to mention all the drug felonies and the prostitution and everything else. They sat on that. And instead of investigating any of it, what did they do? They concocted a scheme by which they would work with former so-called intelligence officials to shield Joe Biden from this. They worked on crafting and getting signatories for the letter, active CIA personnel were involved in getting signatures on that 50-person letter. Meanwhile, they were also briefing social media companies saying, ah, just FYI, there's a good chance that the Russians are going to come out with some massive disinformation. It's going to be a false flag operation. It'll more than likely, it might even involve the the president's son. It's all going to be bogus. Just be on the lookout for that so that when the information they could not any longer after a year suppress came out, they had a ready-made excuse for companies that were all too eager, by the way, to, to, uh, to take the bait. But they had a ready-made excuse for them to say, well, we're not interested in this. This is obviously Russian disinformation, Russian disinformation. Meanwhile, I don't know what George Santos is accused of doing, aside from fraud and money laundering. If he did those things, get him. If he broke the law, get him. But there are bigger fish to fry with bigger 
corruption, bigger dollar amounts, and a web of deceit and more than a decade, at least so far, of potential influence peddling in the Biden family. Serious. It's a serious, serious issue. And there isn't a single media person in the world that is interested in this. I'm going to play you this clip from Congressman Byron Donalds of Florida. It is an absolutely brilliant clip where he lays, basically, basically, he literally says, hey, you got Pulitzer Prize stuff here. There, There would have been a time when reporters would not have required this stuff to be discovered on their behalf and then spoon fed them like they're, well, Joe Biden eating his pudding or his mush or whatever the hell it is that they allow him to eat. There was a time that they wouldn't have needed this. There was a time when they would have pursued this, even if it were a Democrat. It wouldn't have been as vigorous of a pursuit had it been of a Republican, but they still would have pursued it because they had to. You forget, because they're so terrible now. But there was a lot of journalism done during the Clinton administration, a lot of looking into the corruption. Ultimately, when the chips were down, they sided with Clinton. Clinton gave them, the Clinton strategy was to delay, delay, obscure, deny, deny, delay. And then when it finally could no longer be denied, say it's an old story. After a couple times of that, the press went on, yeah, okay, it's an old story. I don't think that the president of the United States taking a lot of campaign money from Chinese nationals is necessarily has, a, has an expiration date, but it did with the Democrats in the media. But they at least did cover it and help uncover it. Same with Monica Lewinsky, same with all the other Clinton corruptions. They eventually got on board got in line. They were waiting. If if Clinton had not been able to weather the storm for as long as he would have, they would have been content to cover the collapse. It would have installed Al Gore as president and made the 2000 election a lot different than it ended up being. Now they're not interested in that at all. Now they couldn't care less. If Bill Clinton, if the president of the United States were Bill Clinton and he were having an affair with an intern the media would cheer it. Rachel Maddow would do a three-consecutive-episode-long monologue and a special podcast series about how it is that these May-December romances are good things for America, or whatever the hell it is they would come up with. They have no scruples. When you have no standards, you'll do or say anything. It's, it's gross, really, and it's a... It's a discredit to our species, but this is the such is the progressive movement. But I want you to listen to Byron Donalds. He, he sort of scolds the press here. He should embarrass them a little bit, but there were so few there. There was a room. There was, a, there was a, you know a, a, enough people, but it didn't get covered. It didn't get carried by anybody live except I think Fox, maybe Newsmax. But it it was not even acknowledged by MSNBC or CNN. It might as well have not happened, I assume, on the nightly newscast. I haven't confirmed that yet. But if it did, I suspect the three nightly newscasts, it would have gotten less than five minutes total amongst the three shows. They would have talked about George Santos quite a bit, probably led the program with it. I'll, I'll confirm that and... Uh, maybe tomorrow 
those news busters, since I already missed the shows. But I want you to listen to Byron Donalds because this is this is important. Whether ultimately whatever ends up happening, there could be an innocent explanation for all of this, but it absolutely positively warrants investigation and it absolutely positively will not get any from journalists. First, what we're seeing here, what we're witnessing with uh, the Biden family, frankly, is just a web of concealment, of deception. A lot of people would say corruption. But let's be very clear. You have this many companies involved with this velocity of transactions, size of transactions. Like my colleagues have said, this is not how normal businesses operate. Um, I had the ability uh, with Chairman Comer and other members of the committee to go over to the Treasury building and review documents. And having read those documents, one thing is became pretty crystal clear that there were many people who had serious questions about the transactions and about the velocity of these transactions. And they either get very, very deep into concealment, hiding money, shifting money. Um, and for the purpose, we don't know, because one thing everybody in this room and the American people definitely know is that the Biden family doesn't really have a business. There is no business structure around this family except politics. And since Joe Biden has spent decades in the Senate, served eight years as vice president and is now president of the United States and the family's getting money from various countries and foreign businesses through various shell companies and this web of LLCs. I mean, guys, you in the press, this is easy pickings. I'm giving you Pulitzer stuff here. Like All you have to do is literally look at our memo and see the level of detail upon which they have created this. And it's very, it's very, very frustrating. We have now been able to clearly see that the Biden's associates, like Rob Walker, Eric Sherman, as has been discussed, created at least 16 companies while Joe Biden was vice president of the United States. 16 companies created while he was vice president. Now the list is 20, and as we continue our investigation, that list is growing. And like I said before, the question is, to serve what purpose? And the purpose of all these companies being created is to conceal money that the Biden family has been gaining because Joe Biden has been sitting at the upper echelon of our politics for almost five decades. That is the entire purpose here. That is the entire purpose there. I love the fact that like there's no business. They've started 20 businesses, but there's no business. What is the good or service that the Biden family provides aside from whispering sweet nothings into Joe's ear? These companies have not contracted seemingly with anybody, either Hunter or another member of the Biden family, Joe's brother. What are they providing? What do they do? Do they have a widget factory somewhere in the Cayman Islands that we're unaware of? If they did, one would think they would come out with it, don't you? Don't you think they'd come out with it? Because we're talking about millions of dollars here being given to these people, being gifted to them. To what end? I don't know. Rather than refute any of this, the White House... Our White House, the White House, the United States, released a statement. Reads, quote, House Oversight Committee Chairman James Comer is loudly and proudly broadcasting a House, a press conference today 
to continue his long pattern of making absurd claims that President Biden has made governing decisions not in the interest of America, but of the Chinese Communist Party, using baseless claims, personal attacks, and innuendo to try to score political points. End quote. Now, isn't that interesting? They could absolutely positively and 100% easily, should they so choose, provided they're telling the truth, there's the parenthetical that makes all the difference in the world, they could easily embarrass the Republicans. Every single one of them. This in, You can't tell me that a friendly media that is largely ignoring this would not pounce on this story were it to conclude, like, well, by the way, here's what we sell. Here's the address of our widget factory in the Cayman Islands. Here is the contracts for services provided that family members have engaged in. And here are the receipts or some sort of proof that those family members did, in fact, provide those goods and or services to these foreign companies, and it is all above board. Or, here's the paperwork, where they registered as a foreign agent, right, for these companies, these governments, whatever, but there isn't any. There isn't any. At least that they found so far, but you would think... To stop this, to embarrass Republicans, and this would absolutely positively destroy Republicans, they came out and said, here you go, here you go, here you go, here you go, it's all legit, it's right there on paper. They haven't. Instead, they pull a, this is mean and nasty and typical of these Republicans, blah, blah, baseless claims, baseless claims. Well, they laid out a ton of base for so-called baseless claims. Don't you think? I think so. Uh, but I'm an honest broker, so I mean, what can you? Yeah, I'm a partisan, but I am honest about it, and I will tell you exactly what I think, what I believe. Now, I want to play you a clip, just so you know what I'm talking about. I'm going to play you a clip of Congressman James Comer, where he lists the Biden family members who've gotten money from overseas wire trend. Now, I've done a lot of contracting work. I have never, once in my lifetime, ever received an overseas wire transfer. Never. I never worked for an overseas entity. I don't know. Have you? I think overseas wire transfers are incredibly rare. Let's put it that way. They're exceedingly rare. Yet, it seems pretty common in the Biden family, including for some of the grandkids, which is where it gets really weird. The committee is concerned by the complicated, suspicious network of over 20 companies. We have identified the Bidens and their associates used to enrich themselves. Most of these companies were limited liability companies formed during Joe Biden's vice presidency. The bank records show the Biden family, their associates, and their companies received over $10 million from foreign nationals and their companies. Some of that money came from a Chinese company and went to Hunter Biden's company. 
Other transfers occurred with the help of Rob Walker, who then sent it on to different Biden family members. This is not how lawful businesses operate. Chinese nationals affiliated with the Bidens created limited liability companies in the United States and then in a short period of time transferred their interest to a Chinese company that sent money to the Bidens. This is not normal. Hunter Biden and his associates courted business in countries that correlated directly with Joe Biden's work as vice president. This is also not normal. It is not ethical. And this is why we need legislative solutions. Our purpose here is to provide legislative solutions to prevent this unethical behavior from ever happening again. Yeah, no, my kids have never gotten a wire from a foreign national. I don't know if they've gotten a wire from anybody. It is weird. Hunter Biden's uh, girlfriend, ex-girlfriend, or his, Bo Biden's widow, same person. I love how he's like, however you want to write that. Uh, Hunter Biden's ex-wife, the one he cheated on with the widow of his brother, and then his current wife. It would appear that in Biden world, in Biden's economy, the only growth industry where your income stays ahead of inflation is to screw Hunter Biden. Screw Hunter Biden. Hunter Biden screws over everybody else. There you go. Now, why are the grandkids getting money? What could the grandkids offer? Now, you could say that, oh, the brother, the brother's got some age. He's been around. He's always been a bit of a parasite on Joe's backside. So he had been leeching off of him. He was the bag man. He was Hunter before Hunter came of age. And then Hunter kind of took a, a second track. It wasn't like he took over from the uncle. Jimmy, I think his name is. It was that they dual-tracked it. Now we've got more ground to cover. We doubled the sales force, and we can cover a lot more ground. That's what they did. That's who they are. But what about the kids? Where did the kids come in? What expertise do they bring? The grandkids, what, what do they bring to the table? Why is it that foreign entities, particularly overseas nationals from, say, communist China, why would they have a vested interest in the financial well-being of any of the Biden grandchildren? Do you think they're planning that maybe in a couple of decades, uh, maybe a Biden grandchild will be in a position to help them run for the Senate, run for president, whatever, they'll be involved in politics? It's possible, I assume. Anything's possible. Or do you, but is it likely? Or do you think it's more likely that the Chinese communist entity would be trying to curry favor with grandpa? They can't give grandpa direct money. There's far too many people paying attention. That would go noticed. This has been going on for years and only became noticed now. That one seems much more likely, doesn't it? Now, since Republicans are Republicans, I want to play you this next clip of Comer. It'll be the last one from this press conference. But Comer did a great job at this press conference until the end of this clip. And this is the problem with Republicans. At the end of this clip, Instead of going in for the kill, he goes in for the, 
we're just trying to find the truth. We don't want... No, look, the journalists are already going to soft-pedal all of this. You don't need to soft-pedal your allegations. The left is going to lie and cheat and steal, and the media is going to be all up in this going, well, it could mean anything, and, and try and walk it all back to protect their God. So it isn't necessary for you to do it. They are never going to like you. They will never like you under any circumstances. They'll use you. They'll be nice to you. They won't always be bashing you or attacking you, especially if you serve their purposes at any given moment. But in general, they are the mean girls who will talk garbage about you when you leave the room. Stop trying to suck up to them. Stop trying to both sides them or try to be an honest broker. They're never going to portray you as an honest broker. It simply is not ever going to be. So with that in mind, listen to this Comer clip because it's brilliant up until the end. The committee is concerned by the complicated, suspicious network of over 20 companies. We have identified the Bidens and their associates used to enrich themselves. Most of these companies were limited liability companies formed during Joe Biden's vice presidency. The bank records show the Biden family, their associates, and their companies received over $10 million from foreign nationals and their companies. Some of that money came from a Chinese company and went to Hunter Biden's company. Other transfers occurred with the help of Rob Walker, who then sent it onto different Biden family members. This is not how lawful businesses operate. Chinese nationals affiliated with the Bidens created limited liability companies in the United States and then in a short period of time transferred their interest to a Chinese company that sent money to the Bidens. This is not normal. Hunter Biden and his associates courted business in countries that correlated directly with Joe Biden's work as vice president. This is also not normal. It is not ethical. And this is why we need legislative solutions. Our purpose here is to provide legislative solutions to prevent this unethical behavior from ever happening again. No, that's where you lose it. Well, we need legislative solutions to make sure this never happens. That's our purpose. No, our purpose here is to root out corruption. And there is nobody more corrupt than Joe Biden. Instead, no, the media, if you consume leftists, so-called mainstream media today, you thought that George Santos assassinated JFK, that he was the lone mule trucking fentanyl all across the southern border. He is the only thing that matters. Stop trying to play nice with these people and say, well, maybe they'll cover. Look, we're not trying to get Joe Biden. We're just asking questions. We want to make sure that there's not even the appearance of impropriety. No, when there's smoke, there's fire. When there's this much smoke, there's absolutely fire. And you need to call them out on it. And it's going to be uncomfortable. If you can't do it, then get out of the way. Let somebody else do it, Congressman Comer. You've done great work to this point. But when you start walking it back, when you when you kneecap yourself, when you galooly yourself, it's a problem. And Republicans do this all the time. Republicans do this all the time. Like, look, we're not trying to cause trouble. We're not. This isn't about this person. This is about changing the system to make sure that nobody appears to have this. No, 
It's not, there's never a time when Democrats are like, look, we're just looking into this. We're trying to get to the bottom of this. It's important that we get to the bottom of this so that the appearance doesn't blah, blah, blah. No, they go, this guy is the epitome of evil. They are the personification of Satan himself, and they absolutely, positively need to be destroyed. And he, they just hammer and hammer and hammer away. They still do it to Ronald Reagan. Ronald Reagan's been dead for 20 plus years. You can't make nice with the left. They simply aren't interested. Apparently, Republicans are just too damn stupid to learn that. So in that sense, it was a problem. I hope Comer's been good, but every once in a while, there's this sort of Republican... This Republican, I don't know, tick, if you will, to apologize for being a Republican... To try and sugarcoat being a conservative. Look, we're just—we're not really trying to cause any problems here. We no, you should be causing problems here. You should be causing problems for the president of the United States because you're demonstrating a whole hell of a lot of corruption, and it's to the point where he's got to come out and show that he isn't innocent until proven guilty and all that. But you're fighting in the court of public opinion. The House of Representatives cannot charge anybody. The court of public opinion can force the president of the United States or his goon squad attorneys or political handlers or whoever to come out and say and answer charges. Answer char- The Justice Department isn't going to look into this. The media isn't going to look into this. The only shot Republicans have at keeping this in the public arena is to put enough pressure on the Democrats to force someone on Team Biden to come out and address this, release documents that they've been hiding. Or if they don't, that's an even bigger gift. Because if they don't, if they won't do that, again, you're not dealing with the court where the burden of proof is on the prosecutor. You're dealing with the court of public opinion where the burden of proof is wherever you can throw it when the clock stops. If he doesn't, then you make a stink storm out of their refusal to rebut this. That statement I read you is not a rebuttal. It's a response. There's a difference. Rebutting means you said X, Y, and you said I murdered Professor Plum in the study with the candlestick. Well, I, on the night of January 16th, well, here I am on the night of January 16th on a cruise ship thousands of miles away. So I could not have done it. That is a rebuttal. That is to refute, rebut, to kick away, to respond to is just to go, hell, the White House responded. They called it garbage with nothing. There were legitimate, serious, and important questions asked, subjects broached at this press conference. And none of them have been addressed, and none of them will be addressed. One of the reporters was in there asking about Donald Trump. And, oh, he was convicted, or they say he lost his civil suit, he's not convicted, against E. Jean Carroll right now. And, boy, howdy, is the left super excited about this, because that's what they're going to be talking about, too. Oh, my God, Donald Trump, E. Jean Carroll, he raped her. And I saw a couple of headlines. He was found guilty of rape of raping, sexually assaulting, whatever, E. Jean Carroll 30-plus years ago. She didn't even know what year it was. She had no idea. She honestly had zero idea. 
what year it was. She had like a three-year... How do you defend yourself against a vague charge of at some point in the 90s you did this? Well, can you prove you weren't there? No, I... You Can you prove... Can you tell me when it happened? I might be able to prove I wasn't there, but I'm not really sure. But that's not needed. When you're dealing with a court in Manhattan full of Democrats, they're going to hate Trump. They're going to hate Trump. So that's just that's just a fact. This is going to be turned over on appeal, but right now the left gets their victory lap uh, because it's ridiculous. They extended the statute of limitations expressly for one year so that this case could go forward by one year. It expires again in November, and then you won't be able to go back to whenever it was you want to claim something happened that nobody can remember anything up and accuse people of raping you. You won't be able to do that after Thanksgiving. So if you're in New York, better get on it, ladies. The clock is ticking. But quote, this is what E. Jean Carroll said, quote, I feel on top of the world. Yesterday was the happiest day of my life. MSNBC's Morning Joe is tweeting that out. Like, oh, my God. E. Jean Carroll reacts to a jury finding Donald Trump liable for sexual abuse and defamation against her. Bookmark that. Bookmark all these stories for when it is overturned on appeal because this is garbage. And that's just the way of the world. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this because I think it is garbage. But, um, you know, you get specific, I'd be interested. I don't think you're, I don't think you vaguely remember sort of maybe being raped in a public place in the middle of the day. Huh. I just, I think that you might have a little bit more to go on. Somebody might have heard something. I don't know. I'm no expert on rape, but I'm telling you that you certainly don't wait 30 years to go, hey, man, guess what? Guess what I did today? All right. Another thing I want to touch on really quickly because I want to get downstairs to watch this CNN town hall. Today, as you listen to this, not as I record it, is the end of Title 42. A free, unless something major happens, a free-for-all will be happening down on the southern border. Thanks to the Biden administration, they have made it abundantly clear that this southern border of ours is going to be the world's largest and, frankly, dumbest game of Red Rover the world has ever seen. Now, Joe, Red Rover is about the level of intelligence that Joe Biden can handle as far as his gaming goes, so it makes sense. But the Secretary of Homeland Security, he, he to me, has all the sincerity of a wart. He is one of these people that you just sit there and you go, how in the hell does this guy, how does anybody take this guy seriously when he speaks? And then you add in all the lies he's been caught in and you go, this is, it's, he should be embarrassed. But Democrats, they have a shame gene and there's an ectomy that apparently Democrats can do to get rid of it, because none of these people have any shame whatsoever. There is no lie that they will not tell as long as it serves their agenda. And so you end up with the Secretary of Homeland Security, Alejandro Mayorkas. Oh, and by the way, the reason he got the job is he's an immigrant himself. He's a minority and he's an immigrant. That's it. Those are his only qualifications. And he's a political hack with a long history of political hackery. But other than that, he brings nothing to the table. Anyway... Alejandro Mayorkas is, has been on uh, the uh, offensive trying to stave off criticism about 
what's going to happen starting today and what's going to happen over the course of the next week or two at least. And then is a crush of illegal aliens coming across the southern border. He is out there trying to tell people, do not come. You are not allowed. You will be removed. You will be removed. They say this all the time. And he always says it. They never say deported. That is, that's worse than the N-word to the left, now to the activist groups. But you will be removed if you come here and what is irregular migration. Like they're coming up with new ways to do all this. I think they mostly do this just to see how many idiots they can get to follow suit, just for the hell of it. If you come here in an irregular manner, you will be removed. That makes you think that they'll immediately be caught on our side, the good side of the Rio Grande. And you got no good case for asylum. You're coming from a place. Nope, you're out. Get out. And they throw you right back across the Rio Grande. But that's not the case. What it means is you will be given a case. You will be told that there will be a court date in your future, young mister, single, because most of these people are single young males. So if you're sitting around going, man, kids can't find a job right now, then you ain't seen nothing yet. You ain't seen nothing yet. But, you know, entry-level jobs, particularly low and no-skilled work, if your kid ain't going to a good school, or you don't have family connections, uh, you're kind of screwed. Your kid's kind of screwed because the Democrats will be inviting in millions of people to take those jobs. And the will be removed means that you will be given a court date at some point in the future, but you'll be allowed in the United States. They always leave that part out. You'll be allowed in the United States while that court proceeding progresses. And since we are not monsters, you will be granted a work permission to work in this country while you wait. And you may ask yourself, what the hell difference does that make between, you know, just coming here? There is no difference, except that the Biden administration is telling you, you'll be removed. It may take 10 years and you would have to show up to court a series of times to do it. But uh, yeah, nobody's going to do that. So it's a big freaking scam just like this in the quest to be seen as doing something alejandro mayorkas announced that they are gonna put up digital ads digital ads in the third world i mean this is so beyond stupid it's almost a parody you would think that this would be a babylon b story i would say the uh the Onion, that used to be the go-to line. This is the Onion story, but The Onion became the New York Times. Both are a joke. So this, well, listen to the Secretary of Homeland Security. Today, we are beginning a new digital advertising campaign in Central and South America to counter the lies of the smugglers with accurate information about U.S. immigration laws. This campaign adds to our extensive ongoing communications efforts in the region. <laughs> yeah, they're doing a digital, we're doing an online digital advertising in the third world. Yeah, because there's a couple of things that the third world is known for, chief among them, the widespread availability of internet access. And on top of that, they are second to none when it comes to literacy, right? Am I right? Especially down in uh, South and Central America. Boy, howdy, how many American families just ship their kids off to uh, you know, anywhere, name Honduras, to get 
an education because it's far superior to the education in this country. It's unbelievable. Yeah, we're going to probably spend several million dollars on a digital average. Look, if you have internet in these countries, you're not leaving these countries. You are filthy rich in these countries. You're not going to have it any better up here. You're just not going to have it any better up here. You're you're doing better. You're the 1%. And if you can read on top of it, you're the 0.1%. But don't worry, they're going to advertise there. So uh, what will that do? That'll do a damn, that won't do a damn thing. But this is what, see, now the Biden administration can say, we're doing something. They don't have, there won't be a follow-up question. How effective is that going to be? There will be nothing of the sort. So they can just say, we're doing something. We're addressing the problem. Look at all the new things we've started to do when it comes to immigration. We're telling them not to come. Yeah, you're telling them not to come on digital platforms that they don't have access to in written form which they don't understand. Meanwhile, they've got on a loop down there with the smugglers, the president of the United States saying, surge the border, surge the border. And an understanding that Title 42 is coming to an end, so there's really not even going to be much of an effort to keep them out of the country. That's kind of a big deal, don't you think? I would think. I would think reporters would be all over this asking some serious questions, but they aren't. That's too much like work. Lastly, I want to play you this. This is just kind of funny. This is a Democratic California California Congressman Brad Sherman. If you have ever, if you've never seen Brad, take a look at a picture of Brad. Just search Brad Sherman, Congressman Brad Sherman. He's the least looking person named Brad, the least Brad looking person I've ever seen in my life. But apparently, his name is Brad. He was going off on monetary policy, and he is not a fan of crypto. He's also not a fan of common sense or irony. Listen to him. Crypto bros make money literally by making money, and they've made over a trillion dollars out of thin air. Um, They'll accuse the U.S. government of making money out of thin air. Maybe we do, but we're the U.S. government. Yeah, maybe we do, but we're the U.S. government. Crypto bros making money out of thin air, but... They accuse us of making money out of thin air. Maybe we do, but we're the U.S. government. Oh, okay, so you're above the law. You're above the laws of supply and demand. You're above because we're suffering through a bunch of inflation because you created a whole bunch of money out of thin air. You know, that's kind of different. The thing is, with crypto, whether or not it exists, and if you want to find somebody else to explain to you what the hell crypto is and where it comes from, I welcome you doing it. I'm not going to try to do it. I barely understand it myself. But it is a voluntary action. You have to purchase it. You have to agree that whatever value it is selling for is a value. It's worth it to you. And so you purchase it. Whereas the federal government simply says, all right, just another trillion dollars exists. They don't even bother running printing presses anymore, I suppose. I suppose that's good in a way that we don't actually have the physical currency running around out there. But they just simply declare a huge digital pile of money to be. It exists now, and let's go to town. That's the difference. It's a disaster. Crypto actually has value because it is a voluntary transaction that people choose to buy something. Nothing really has any value. My water bottle here 
has no real value except for what I'm willing to pay for it. Now, if it's less than it costs to make it, and nobody, if I'm everybody, and the person making it can't get me, say it costs uh, 10 bucks to make, so I think I paid 12 or 15 bucks for it. Say it costs 10 bucks to make, and I wasn't willing to pay 15 bucks for it so they could make five bucks profit. Um, if I was say, you know, this is only worth five bucks to me. Well, they wouldn't make it anymore. It costs $10 to make. It would cost twice as much than its value to the customer. They wouldn't make it. Since they can make a profit, they continue to make it and sell it at Walmart. I'm sure my numbers are way wrong, but you get the idea of it. So that is crypto. It's not necessary to have that water bottle. It's not necessary to have this particular pen that I probably paid 50 cents for or whatever. It is a voluntary transaction. It's not necessary to have crypto. You're not forced to buy crypto. Nobody is forced into crypto. You are forced to use the currency of the United States of America, even though the government is continually devaluing it by simply creating more of it because they refuse to spend responsibly and live within their means. That's the difference, Congressman. But thank you for that. It's always fun to point out how stupid our elected officials are. God, the cream rises to the top, doesn't it? But sometimes a whole bunch of other things float in a toilet as well. That is enough for today. I'm going to run downstairs and watch this Trump town hall. We'll talk about that tomorrow on Friday's show. Appreciate you listening. Don't forget about patreon.com slash Derek Hunter podcast or Derek Hunter.locals.com to support the program. Thanks for listening. Have a great one.